Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, brass tacks for the Pac-12, and we're talking Red Raider newcomers, returners, and making a hand for Joey McGuire. Next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Great to see you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. Always appreciate being your first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. With the only Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. Chris, great to be back with you once again, my man. And now on the heels of, well, truly a Pac-12 media deal being presented. And that's where we'll kick off the show. We've got Red Raider football to get to coming up. Later on in today's episode, we're going to get to some newcomers who need to make an impact. Hello, welcome to Texas Tech. Now get busy making a hand. We'll talk about some guys on that list and also wrap it up, Chris, with some guys that we've seen before that are returning in 2023, but maybe with a bigger job than they've ever had before. We'll get to some ideas for that list as well before we are out of here, but starting out west where we did see come to fruition chris some details reported on what was presented uh to pac-12 leadership yesterday and most of that or all of that lining up with what we discussed on yesterday's program when you're talking about the realm that you're in streaming heavy uh when it comes down to apple somewhere around a 20 to 25 million mark i think they throw the 25 in just to be nice and something we didn't touch on really heavily yesterday, but was out there and reported and a part of the conversation, and we did see it come to pass also, incentive-laden agreements possibly for the Pac-12 conference. Hey, if you do this, we'll give you this, which certainly could make it sound a lot rosier. I think I already used my Master P as a sports agent joke for the year. So I probably can't <laughs> use it again here, but I'm thinking about Master P negotiating Ricky Williams' contract once upon a time. Incentive-laden did not go well. We'll see if it goes well for the Pac-12 conference. So a lot of what came to pass, Chris, we had discussed. Uh, anything stand out to you or surprise you, however, as to what uh, bubbled up to the surface? I think the gist is this. You're right. It, it's, it's essentially, this is a streaming platform, mostly. Uh, Apple it would be the... Uh, the carrier. I think there is some minor uh, ESPN Fox involvement, linear programming, but I think it again minor. And I don't think. And, and I, I, you, you mentioned the the, the word tears has been mentioned, not T E A R S, not not leaking liquid awesome, which some of these folks may be doing, but but tear <laughs> T I E R S in that it we can do this. And we'll pay, we'll pay out this, or we can kind of roll the dice a bit, folks. You know, George Klevkov talking to the group and saying, if we if we hit some ratings um, or in some, you know, if if they get enough subscribers based on this, if we if we kind of right. check some boxes here, we can you know roll the dice a little bit and and, and get this. But that you're gambling, um, and because if you don't hit those incentives. I think that, you know, you could get less than the, so it's kind of like the bird in the hand type deal, but this is um, the, the, the Arizona board of regents, which is, as I understand it, uh, I think this is, they, they basically kind of run 
Arizona and Arizona State uh, in that state. And it's not anybody that's officially associated with the school. I, I read their civic leaders and you know just kind of important people that have ties to both of these schools. And, and I don't think it means that one school can't do what the other does. I think that this group would prefer that these schools stay the same. But you have a, a meeting yesterday, you know, that lasts, I think, 40 seconds before they go, okay, we're, we're going to take this to executive session. This is the non-public portion of, of what we're going to do here. Hmm. Who knows what they discussed, uh, I think, or what they're what, the, the way that they're leaning. But, boy, I tell you what, it all points to – those those Arizona schools in Utah coming to the Big Twelve, and and I think that they're <clears throat> the the timing is just really the only thing here. I think it it may take days of weeks, maybe just kind of sort through this. Uh, and again, you keep reading everybody going, man. I just don't want to be the one that puts the bullet in this deal. Yet yet nobody's blaming the Big Ten commissioner. He's ultimately the one that put the bullet in it. You know, you know, when the Big 12 was reeling and all that, I mean, nobody looked at the SEC commissioner and was like, damn you. You know, like, how, you know, I mean, like, it's the, it's those people's fault. You know, you're not the one that's going to put is a that, in the. Is that is that really where you kind of roll is to the commissioner? Because I think we all kind of choose our own target for who's, yeah. whose fault it is, I guess. But, uh, but, yeah. but let's go back to the streaming part of this. This is, you know, yeah. the uh, Arizona president is basically stated on the record I don't if it's over half streaming, Arizona is not interested. And I don't yeah. know that was twenty nineteen. You I, I assume you're talking about what I saw, which was a conversation I think from twenty nineteen. <laughs> this is so wild. These comments are delivered on record. And he is saying more than fifty uh, percent streaming, we couldn't do it. No one could do it basically in the Pac twelve. He's speaking collectively. He's yeah. like fifty fifty, maybe okay. But he's already rejected this deal, Chris, two years ago. Uh, hypothetically, I guess I should add. <laughs> but it's these athletic programs, this is the front door to these institutions, universities. It's how they grow their brand. It's how they they kind of student enrollment kind of varies based on the success of a basketball or a football program in many cases. This is just the, the harsh reality of it. And I don't know about you. I think you and I even talked about this as some of this was rolling along. But even last year during football season, I love the NFL a lot. I, I enjoyed just watching the NFL. You, you dabble with some fantasy fantasy football on occasion. Not Hunter Deckers at Iowa State that was gambling on his own team. That, 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 <laughs> two, two, two different things. But um, but but I, I it's cumbersome because one thing I can guarantee about men, okay, they are all lazy when it comes to the remote control. And when you get into into one of these streaming platforms, you, you can't just kind of move about the cabin and, and change channels freely and watch <laughs> the other game and, and do all the stuff without hitting like six buttons. It's cumbersome. And so I think that the, the reality is, is that, you know, the streaming platform is just, it's not ideal for that very reason. I, I mean, because what, what we thought was a streaming a streaming platform was going to money whip one of these leagues. They were going to yeah. say, we know it's cumbersome, but we're going to pay you so much money that we're going to make you, you know, think twice about it. And, and you're, you're, you're going to, you know, we're going to kind of money whip you into submission here on this deal. And you're going to go, okay, ESPN plus or Amazon prime or Apple. Okay. We'll, we'll do it. The money is worth it. But in this case, it's not, this is just all they have. And so, 
I just can't imagine some of these schools would say this is what's best, uh, especially when they have other options like these uh, other three, four corner schools do. No, I think you're you're digesting the news yesterday, and um, you know if you've been in touch with reality at any point over the last decade or the last two years since uh, the flame really began to heat up again. Is a flame ever cold? I struggled in science. Um, I think you have to kind of you know understand that things are continuing to proceed as planned, so to speak. You know, yet nothing changed yesterday, I, I guess is what I would say. It, it was mostly what you anticipated as far as a lower number. And it's like, hey, guys, I got bad news and I got bad news. Uh, they're going to pay you a little amount of money and nobody's going to see you. So what do you think? You want to make a deal here today? What can I do to put you into this uh, Apple vehicle? <laughs> and, I don't, and I don't think that George Klyavkov wanted to have this meeting and show his work, if you will. I think that he was forced no. to. Yeah, it's, it's you like have they, to at some point. Like, when did he? Chris, yeah. he's been ducking. I mean, he's been ducking and dodging these meetings. Like he knew, he knew. Of course, what he he knew what he knew, and and I think that he didn't want to have to share what he knew. But yesterday, <laughs> again, forced to do that, which could be the the final nail. I I don't yeah. I don't know because I think they everybody involved here was like, okay, man, we we got to know something. You, you you can't have had worked on this a year and a half. And it's like the Pinsky file in Seinfeld, you know. Like, well, <laughs> right. I don't know what's in it, man. <laughs> and and then and then Mr. Pinsky comes in. He's like, "We've been indicted." Uh, and so <laughs> George Costanza, yeah, he, he's just taking crackers to work. And so I don't know if that's what uh, uh, Klyavkov was doing, uh, sitting eight to five with a pencil and some crackers in a briefcase. But oh here man, we go. Uh, either way, it lends itself to some. So many great Seinfeld references. So hopefully this story just continues (laughs) to roll on. But yeah, sure. Bet on yourselves, Pac-12. Go for the incentive-laden stuff, the subscriber-laden stuff. It worked out so well uh, with the Pac-12 network, which was one of the missteps in that they anticipated much higher subscriber numbers or distribution than they were ever, ever able to achieve. And yeah, that damn show your work has tripped up many of a test taker, Chris, and back to a science class, you know, just maybe uh, looking up for inspiration down in desperation and occasionally to the side for information. And my girl, Sean's a little better at biology than I was. And I see what what she got A, B, C, D. Yes. C. All right. Perfect. C (laughs) show your work. Damn. Show my work. So that could trip many a man up. Best of luck to George Klyavkov and the gang. I think, uh, you know, as we sit here today, rooting as Big 12 fans or rooting as Texas Tech fans, obviously wanting to see the conference grow. Um, that movement continues to build is the way I feel following uh, some of the news that we got yesterday. So we'll see what the timeline has to look like and maybe when uh, the climax will come. And then all of a sudden you will birth a new Big 12. Truly. Okay, up ahead, we're bringing it back to the LBK. Let's get the Joey McGuire and the Red Raiders. Got a couple of different ends of the spectrum to get to. First, want to talk newcomers on the horizon, Chris, that will have just about zero time uh, to acclimate before they're going to really be asked to carry a heavy load. We'll talk about some of that needed impact from these newcomers. And then I also want to get to maybe newcomers to the spotlight or the limelight or a regular full-time, say, starting job. But guys that we have seen before, we'll talk about some who are returning but promoted, and you're needing a lot out of them as well. So we are football heavy the rest of the way out. And getting to it next on Locked On Texas Tech. 
First, today's episode brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. And in this day and age, every new hire can feel like a huge gamble. And when we're talking about your business or livelihood, that's not ideal. But LinkedIn Jobs is here to help by helping you find the best qualified candidates available fast and for free, all on one easy to use and secure platform. Simple but specific targeting tools allow you to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to consider. They go beyond just resume data by using insights from your job post, company, and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates faster than anyone else. So go to linkedinjobs.com slash locked on college. That's linkedinjobs.com slash locked on college today to identify the most qualified candidates and connect with them fast and for free. Just like a bad hire could sink your ship, the right hire could take your business to new heights this year. And it's no coincidence that small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. It's so easy. Even a podcast host could do it. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free today with LinkedIn jobs. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech a part of your day on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe on YouTube if you haven't so far or wherever you get this podcast so you never miss an episode. Football just around the corner. Fall camp almost almost upon us, Chris. And obviously a lot of the things we can anticipate from a personnel standpoint are subject to change. Maybe I'll start putting that up in the corner of the screen, a big asterisk, because competition will begin to play out. Some will rise some will fall, so everything subject to change. But you and I thinking about uh, a couple of different categories here today, and we'll start in the newcomer category. Would be great to slip into the college football experience like an old man into a warm bath, very, very slowly, right? Take your time. And some will kind of have that opportunity. Others don't so much have that opportunity. So we're talking about newcomers who are also almost immediately getting that pat on the back and kind of looking at you like, what are you going to do for us, son? <laughs> I hope, Chris, this isn't a really long list. I don't think a team wants this to really necessarily be a long list. You don't want to have to look to some of these guys green behind the ears. But the transfer portal also changes this to a tremendous degree because some of these newcomers are not newcomers to college football now, just new to your program, right? So I'm curious to hear from you as to who in this category is standing out. You know, so we we talked about trying to – you know, address this kind of topic. It was like, okay, which newcomer really needs, like, do you need to step up and needs to, to be a dude for you? And you really could make, uh, make the case and I could make an argument for, I certainly could for Dre McCray just to extend the field. We know, um, you know, that speed was a problem with your offense in general last year and that you, you're forced to drive the field and, and you know, go forward on fourth down a lot and you needed somebody that could get take the top off, get behind the defense, things like that. He really needs to be able to do that. I, I, think, I think Rusty Stats needs to be as good as what we think he's going to be and solidify that offensive line like Joey is – you know, Joey, Joey's went out of his way to basically talk about the offensive line is the biggest change in the team compared to last year. 
And I think a lot of that has to do with rusty stats. And and yes, Cole Spencer too, and and switching your your tackles and moving. But but it all was predicated by by Rusty. But but the guy that I'm going to answer that I think needs to, because he's had so much hype, and because if he doesn't do it, I don't know where it comes from. But that's Steve Linton. He's the one that needs to be a, a, an elite, semi-elite pass rusher. Uh, if if you don't have this from him, you've moved Josiah Pierre to to inside backer. Yes, you're hoping Miles Cole is, is also a, a bit of a disruptor, but again, he's not a newcomer per se. Maybe we'll, maybe we get to him in a second. But Steve Linton really need because he's only got Cowan four and a half career sacks used in a much different scheme. Uh, I think he now he's a different player. He's put on a lot of weight, and we know what Tim DeRuiter can do to showcase somebody like this is uh, ability. But he's the one that I would say I'd point to and say he needs to to step up for you and and be a dude. And and I'm not no extra pressure. Heck, everybody else is like first round draft pick. I'm like that's pressure. <laughs> um, I'm just saying he needs to for the sake of the team of these other of the newcomers. And I don't include CJ Baskerville just because there's a lot of uh, depth and things around him that I don't think it's, it's like, you know, if if he's, if he's just a good player, you're going to be just fine, Mm. you know, but I I really think you need Steve Linton though. If you want to have the type of season that you hope for, you need to have him be, be a guy that is potentially special for you. Well, and for some context, to this conversation, you can go back to our biggest shoes to fill conversation and then maybe kind of start there. Like, all right, these guys we name, if they have newcomers in the mix, as far as the next wave, then maybe that's where you go first. And certainly Tyree Wilson uh, was mostly or almost entirely at the top of everyone's list in the YouTube comments or among our perspectives as well. So you do begin to think about, all right, who's going to pick up that load? And obviously Linton among those newcomers, I think is a great choice uh, yourself. I'm glad you went offensive line mentioned as well, though, because I, I was really tempted to go uh, to our guy, Rusty Stats, because I just think that's such a crucial spot. And if you're going to make any headway as a program, and I'm talking like sustained success, big picture wise, you've got to trend in the right direction along the offensive line. And then you got to sustain that. You've been trending in the right direction up front defensively, and you have somewhat sustained it still in the early going. Uh, but we've seen some proof of performance. Um, offensive line just still hit or miss and obviously seeing some duck and cover moments a season ago that you're looking to avoid. All right. Well done, Chris. Now on the other side, and you alluded to a couple of these guys, I think as well, that are going to get some mentions as far as guys we have seen before or, or who already were on campus returning in 2023, but for whatever reason, a promotion possibly in store, whether it's you know, losing a guy in front of them to graduation or to Wisconsin or Oklahoma or wherever, or if you're talking about, hey, the doctor's out of my way, because I thought Cole Spencer might be a nice mention as well for a returner that is much needed to make that kind of impact. Chris, um, I think you've mentioned some other guys throughout this offseason as well that uh, I'm wondering if you go to here. So who's popping up on this kind of list? Somebody that we're somewhat familiar with? but expecting to maybe see a lot more of this season who's popping up on this kind of list somebody that we're somewhat familiar with but expecting to maybe see a lot more of this season 
You know, I thought, um, you know, Cameron Valdez is a name. Uh, I think there's not many on offense, okay, just because you didn't lose a lot. Obviously, Cameron Valdez will, will you know, fill the, the void left by Sir Roderick Thompson. But you think about, you know, we've already touched on the offensive line. You, you, you're, all your receivers are, are back. Your quarterbacks are back. Um, and so I, I, I guess other than Cameron Valdez, I'll go over to defense and – I think uh, I, I, I can give you two names that were here last year that both that played that there was a, a few minor injuries and all that, but I, I expect them both to have primary vital roles this year. And I, lo- I love both of them. I think they're both what we've seen from them in, in limited uh, snaps and plays and all that. I, I, you know, I think it's great, but again, now it's time to take the next step, and that is Jacob Rodriguez at interior linebacker. Mm-hmm. He was used primarily as a oh a blitzer on third downs and some things like that uh, last year, and and would fill in or or be on the field with Krishan Kosai. But he's going to be you know heavily involved now. He's still a younger player, but this was a high school quarterback that transferred here and, and walked on and all that stuff. He's now on scholarship and all that, and he is a I mean, really good football player. Played at Wichita Falls Rider, could do a little bit of everything. And, you know, was on scholarship at Virginia as a quarterback. And and so, but now he's bulked up. And <laughs> so I think wild. he's, yeah, he's bulked <laughs> up. He's about, well, I don't know, I'm going to guess about 240. And just really, you know, played well last year. But he's now, and he missed the spring. So, but now I, I think he's going to be asked to, to start at one of those interior spots at Sam or Mike, uh, linebacker. The other one, interesting. Uh, that's an interesting choice. I didn't expect that one. Yeah, well, because I mean, we we know the void left by Krishan and and Kosai. True, and and that's one of the biggest questions on the entire team. And I I have a lot of confidence in Josiah Pierre, and I didn't really answer with him just because he's he's had to switch positions. He's an older guy. I just went for uh, you know a different answer I guess well and he's just, already kind of been full-time I mean we've seen a little bit yep yeah, absolutely. albeit at a different position but we've seen a ton of him and and glad to see it again yep yep <laughs> and so him and J- Josiah and Jacob the, the I guess J squared right there inside linebacker I think those guys have a lot of pressure just because of who they're replacing and those other two guys were so productive and durable that uh but the the other guy you mentioned Cowan and I, I don't know if you want to answer this one or no, go ahead. I, and I can go ahead but you touched on it because it was you know well documented that there was the the, the one main transfer last year kind of out of the blue a bit was Reggie Pearson yes Kobe Miner left to go to Indiana his brother would go there and that was an NIL related it, it appeared but Reggie Pearson, you know, was a name that people around here were familiar with, and he he left uh, back in in December. And I was fond of. I liked him as a football player. Prior to the bowl game, he he left, and I think a lot of people liked him. I think yeah. what we all saw, he would unload on you, big hit. <laughs> would he get lost in coverage a little bit, get beat over the top? Yeah, but but would he? Would he try to put you on a poster, if you will, for a defensive back? Would <laughs> yeah. he kind of, I mean, force a fumble? Would he Would he really try to hurt Dylan Gabriel in overtime? All the above, yes. Okay. <laughs> but I think as bowl practices and as kind of the, the staff saw more of Tyler Owens, yeah, the healthier uh, vo- version or the healthy version of Tyler Owens, 
I think that, and, and then, you know, combine that with Reggie's, uh, you know, struggle in, in pass uh, coverage. Yeah. I think that, you know, Tyler had kind of overtaken him uh, at that spot. And I think Reggie was maybe looking at being just kind of a rotational guy when all things being equal. And so Tyler Owens is somebody that I think is is an, an answer to this question. I think there's a lot expected. I think his measurables would tell you he's if he plays really well, he's an NFL caliber safety. And yes, I say that with all seriousness. I believe that he's got um, he's he's been talked to by the you know the, the scouts have kind of talked to the folks at Tech about oh he's on the he's on some boards just because again, but he's got to go do it. Um, but you can't. And he was all over the place in the bowl game. I mean, just yeah, flying all over the field. And he doesn't struggle in coverage. Um, I don't know if he hits as hard. As Reggie Pearson, few do, but he's very athletic and, and will pop you, and he's aggressive, and he's good hey, in the run game. Yeah. Yeah, he's a presence out there. 6'2", 6'3", 210, 215. So, anyway, those are those are my answers. I, man, the, the Owens one, I was going to be disappointed if you didn't include because you've been beating the Tyler Owens drum for a while, and I thought that was going to be a great answer. But the Rodriguez one may be, be – it may factor in even more heavily for Texas Tech. I know that Owens is part of that group that you were attributing to uh, help surrounding C.J. Baskerville. So it's not like you can say the same thing for Owens necessarily because he's also – I mean, he's one of those guys you're expecting to provide that front-line help. Uh, so the Rodriguez situation may be even as or more intriguing just because it seems a little bit more wide open as far as the linebacking core and who's setting the standard here. Where's the line? I think obviously Pierre is a guy that you're going to want to look at, but um, obviously also playing something – different in 2023 than he has before or at least within some recent history so leaves the door wide open for uh who knows what hopefully only good things i do have to go back before we leave though to our guy because this is just a, a path unlike any other that we're talking about here uh cole spencer did you know yeah. cole spencer started his first college football game in 2017 the man is looking to have a family he's checking out his pension i mean he's thinking about the next phase in life but god Will you just let him play some football first? This dude, I'm so intrigued by Chris because obviously last season, just the story derailed before it could even start. And because of the position, because of the group he's in, that offensive line, you just go back to ultimate importance. And I think there's, I don't know what he feels individually, but uh, I feel some pressure for him, if that's a real thing that a psycho wouldn't say. Um, I don't know that like, there's a, an offensive lineman there's a higher expectation for that I haven't seen. Does that make sense? Because, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm counting on him to be part of that brigade that's taking them in the right direction, but I've seen nothing. So it feels a little bit unfair almost. But but the I think the, the part of that question that you ask aloud is, like, Zach has seen it. You know, Stephen yeah. Hamby has seen it. They know exactly what he's capable of because they they coached him and dealt with it firsthand. And I think that's why that's why you get the praise, and that's why they sought him out. You know, and that's why I think at some point last year, I remember you and I were doing. We had just started doing the show, and I guess I mentioned something about you know Cole Spencer. Man, he could be could be out for a bit, you know, maybe, maybe the year. And I think you were like, you what, you know? Cause I mean, but I think that, you know, he, he just had that issue. I think it was like, okay, try to get ready by this date. If you just can't, we're going to shut you down. And I think that there was this weird mixed emotion in the building last year, whenever they ultimately decided to shut him down, just because 
it, it, it was going to suck for the immediate, although you, you were kind of wondering, are we going to get the best of this kid? You know, yeah. even if he does come back, you're talking about last season. But I think that then there was you quickly go, but man, getting him next year could be huge. And and now here next year is. So hopefully he stays uh, healthy. I think he's a he's just a great mature kid. I mean, you could just tell like the the maturity or or man, young young man. I just think that he's uh it's fun to have guys that are just a bit older. So when you're going up against the BYUs of the world, it's a it's a fair fight, you know. Got, <laughs> I you mean, go on a mission, but you know, hey, Chris, 36 consecutive starts before he arrived in Lubbock, he made for Western Kentucky. This dude is seasoned on top of seasons, and just checking out the bio, last year's bullet point is this: considered a good off the field role model for a young offensive line. Ain't nobody here to be considered a good off the field role model for a young offensive line. They're here to hit people. So I'm sure he is chomping at the bit <laughs> as much as anyone to get on the field in 2023. But good on you for being considered a good off the field role model for a good or a young offensive line. Uh, Cole, good on you. Can't wait to see you out there mixing it up in 2023. All right, some good stuff to chew on there, Chris. Appreciate the perspectives and insight. As always, my man, the time is well, and we're going to do it again tomorrow. See you then. Sounds good. Keep hope alive, everybody. And subscribe on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts so you never miss an episode. For Chris, I'm Casey. We'll see you for the next round right back here on Locked on Texas Tech.